You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. On today's show, we are going to dive into the viewer response to our question that I raised yesterday, which was about Boston College football traditions. I asked the question, you had the answers. I really want to get into some of the things that you brought up because you brought the, the listeners had better answers than I did. So I want to get into some of those topics. Also, we're going to get into the news and Finally, we're going to jump into something a little off the beaten path, but still involves Boston College. We're going to look at the FCS schedule and looking at when they should play their games. But let's check out the news first. So the biggest news was that basketball added another commitment. They added 2021 commitment Jaden Zachary, a point guard from Chipola College, um, which is part of the JUCO League. Uh, He's a Wisconsin native, and he has four years of eligibility and reportedly was recruited by new assistant Jim Molinari. Now, why is this a big deal? You heard what I just said, right? He's a JUCO player. How often does Boston College get a junior college player to come to BC? Now, the, 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 the talk has always been that admissions would never let a JUCO in, that the last one that I can remember is Paul Peterson for football. And since then, it's been kind of just, you know, part of the routine at BC that football, basketball, doesn't matter what sport. If a kid goes through the JUCO system, they're not going to get to Boston College and get through admissions. So this is very interesting to me because I wonder... This means that Boston College is changing how they're dealing with athletics. Could Boston College start getting JUCO players? Are they lowering admission standards? Fans have been, you know, clamoring about this for years. This could be their first big move to do that. And if that's the case, that really opens up what Boston College can do on the recruiting trail. You know, Earl Grant now, he can hit some of those junior colleges to bring players in. Now, this could be me over you know, over-exaggerating this. Maybe this kid was a a, a stellar uh, academic person at junior college level. Or maybe there was just some sort of exemption that they were able to get for him. But I like to look at the bigger picture here. You know, when when Earl Grant was hired, a lot of the talk was that he's going to be able to do things that Boston College has normally not been able to do. Maybe that was what it was. Now, I have seen rumblings here and there of BC football offering JUCO kids. But every time I talk to BC, they always say that they can't. So, I, you know, I don't know what the, that point is. You see, the, like, the kid with a JUCO offer, and then the, the team will always say that they can't. So I haven't seen that specifically happen yet. But wondering if that's going to be coming down the case. Well, irregardless, or regardless, excuse me. I always say irregardless and get yelled at. And I know it's not a right word to use. Um, Zachary shot, scored 12.5 points per game on 52.1% shooting from the field and was a 42% shooter from three-point range. You know, you want a guy who can shoot, uh, he's that. He was named third-team All-American for National Junior College Athletic Association. Now, you're like, oh, yeah, whatever. Just remember, a lot of SEC schools, they're packing their teams with JUCO players. So to get someone like Zachary who can play and is, you know, one of the top available JUCO players, this is a big deal for Earl Grant. Um, you know, he whiffed on Jane DeZoni, who was a four-star from Brewster Academy, but you have to give him some credit. You know, the, DeZoni was the kid that 
uh, decommitted from Arizona. He was a four-star. Then he decided to transfer to Vanderbilt. The fact that Grant even got any headway with him, I think, is testament because, you know, I, I don't think Dazoni even had any relationship with Jim Christian. So it's a good step in the right direction. So you start to see recruiting kind of to, to pick up. You know, we talked about the momentum of Earl Grant. You're seeing a couple of big moves here. And I think just that talk, again, of, of, of the um, Juco player is a big deal for Boston College. So that was one big piece of recruiting news that came out on Monday. The other piece that came out after I had recorded on Sunday was that women's lacrosse is going to be a four seed in the national tournament. They're 13-3. and three. Two of their losses came against Syracuse. One came against the juggernaut that is UNC. They open their uh, tournament against... Fairfield, who is 13-1, I believe, and if they win that game, the game is going to be hosted at Newton, they will play the winner of UMass and Temple. So obviously you want to see BC and UMass, and I know BC clobbered UMass earlier in the season, so that'll be a big game, but BC has to get past Fairfield first. Uh, The game, as I said, will be on Friday at Newton campus. Because of regulations, there's still no fans allowed, so um, I don't know specifics on television, if it's even going to be on. I looked everywhere. Um, and honestly, finding information on some of these smaller sports, it's hard. I went to their website. There was no information on TV. So I'm guessing it's not going to be televised, but you know, we'll, have, we'll keep, keep our eyes open and report back on that. In other sports news, softball season ended. They um, were supposed to play on Monday against Notre Dame, but because of rain, had their game canceled. They're not going to be in the ACC tournament, so their season is over. And just finally, a little piece of BC recruiting news. Oh, I used to throw a little nugget. Jalen Wood, a defensive back from California, committed to UCLA on Monday. This is not a big surprise. He was a three-star recruit that had BC and UCLA as his final grouping. Boston College has a lot of good for um, defensive back recruits in their uh perspective in their view so i don't think this is a big loss for the squad remember if you like this podcast remember i am on locked on acc every thursday with candace cooper candace cooper hosts every day this new acc centric podcast with hosts from around the locked on network so on thursdays my turn to co-host with her on this in this week's episode i am co-hosting with her to talk about unc and virginia Obviously, two schools I am not that familiar with. We're going to do a little research, talk about their 2020 seasons and their 2021 outlooks. So if you want to hear more about the ACC, check out Locked on ACC. You can find this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And while we're at it, let's let's get into rockauto.com. Are you in the process of doing any work on your car? Why spend 30, 50, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? When you can head over to rockauto.com. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. All you have to do is head over to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need. Best of all, the prices are low for everyone. All you need to do is head over to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Locked on Boston College, this is AJ Black. I said earlier, we're going to take a a little detour in today's episode. We're going to dive into FCS football. And you're thinking to yourself, why does this matter? 
And, you know, I'm going to take my BC hat off for a second, my journalist hat, and look at my perspective as a fan of BC football just in general and the fan of, of college sports, just like how much I like college sports. Now, when you hit September, October, November, you turn on TV and you find great games. You can find Boston College against whoever they're playing, Florida State, NC State, you name it, you can find it. And then you get over and you get oversaturated because then you're like, oh, I get, you know, I can watch Ohio State and Michigan tonight, and then I can watch Pac-12 after dark when I can see Oregon play against Washington. And then all of a sudden, your whole weekend is covered with college football because then on Sunday you have the NFL. Then you this is this goes on for weeks, you know, 12, 13 weeks. You have the bowl season, that even kind of keeps it going. You get NFL playoffs, and then boom, it's all gone. And you're like, oh my gosh, I don't get football for another seven or eight months. I what am I gonna do with myself? I think what the FCS did this year was genius. Because of all the COVID things that were going on in the fall, and the FCS just not felt that like they just didn't feel they were ready to do it. They pushed their season off to the spring when they thought that the numbers would go down and it was safer to do it. Now the numbers never did go down. They were safe, you know, they had the same issues they probably would have had in the fall. But it gave us football on Saturdays and it put the attention on these FCS schools. And that's why I think these schools should continue to do it. Now, the biggest issue that they would run into is that, you know, they they're big money and is those games against the F FBS schools. So, you know, you see Colgate come in and you go, why are they playing Boston College? Boston College is paying them usually almost a, over a million dollars, sometimes less than a million for those games. It's a big payday for a program that doesn't bring in a ton of money. So even though they get slaughtered, it's a good payday and it helps fund the athletic program. Now you take that away by putting them in the spring. That's a big problem because all of a sudden these small budgeted athletic departments are out a million dollars because obviously the FBS schools are going to continue playing in September, October, and November. So what do you do? Well, there's two easy answers to that you could continue having FCS schools in the spring. And the first thing you would do is just like BC has a spring game, give the FCS schools a fall game. Maybe have them practice during the fall you know, have them get ready. You push the fall game closer to the end of the year. You know, when FBS teams are beat up anyways, not a bad idea. You know, usually you like to tune up against them, but maybe it's not a, maybe you rethink it a little bit. Get the team, you know, a game in like October or November when all your guys are just beat up. It's the, the grind of the season's going on. Then you get the guys that don't get to play in. You can rest your starters. You can rest them and not have them beat up so much. And the FCS gets their payday. So it's kind of like the end of the FCS fall practice. They'll call it the fall practice. And they get their payday. Not a bad idea. You know, most of these teams, you know, 99% of these games end with the FBS team winning anyway. So it's not going to matter. And then they play in the spring. The other piece that I feel like this would work really well for an FB FCS school is that in the spring, all eyes would be on them. And what that means is, at, you know, if they start building up, you know, teams, I mean, last weekend, all I could see was tweets about James Madison and South Dakota State. You saw North Dakota the week before. You see all these teams that you don't get to see all that much. Maybe they'd be able to renegotiate their deals with ESPN or some of those athletic, uh, you know, television channels, Fox, whoever, knows, you know, what, who, whoever needs programming in the spring and you add them in. Now, that gives them more eyeballs, more money, 
and puts them out there in a position where no one else is competing with them. Because obviously, if you have the FCS playing in the fall and the your options are Georgia and Florida or, you know, James Madison versus Villanova, 99.9% of people that you know are going to pick Georgia and uh, Florida, that other 0.1% are probably Villanova grads. So it makes a lot of sense. You know, it you know, the one thing this pandemic has done that you you know, it, it, obviously there's a lot of pain and 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 people who have been hurt by it either, you know, financially or health-wise. But there are other things that ha- you know come out of this, and some of that is that you can relook at how you do your practice, how you do certain things. You see that with like hybrid work environments, right? There's no reason athletics can't do the same thing. Why should FCF football just play in the fall just because that's the way things have been done? Change it up. Give them their own limelight. Give them their own chance to shine. And I think it's going to really help the whole sport. It'll get more kids on TV. It'll get those smaller programs a chance to really shine. And if you move there, you know, have them have one fall game against an FBS program, they'll still get the money that they need. So this is AJ Black. We'll be back in just a moment. But before we do, let's chat about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all that action on Bet Online. Get all the news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online and use promo code LOCKED ON to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, use promo code LOCKED ON to get your 50% welcome bonus on betonline.ag. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Locked on Boston College, AJ Black. I am the editor and publisher of bcbulletin.com. I'm also the host of Locked on BC. If you like our podcast, follow us on Twitter at Locked on BC. I say that because this kind of leads into our conversation that we're going to have today. Now, yesterday, I, I kind of had some fun. We were talking about traditions with Boston College. And I had said at the end of the episode, I want to hear what you have to say. And I put it out on Twitter under a couple different, uh, you know, Twitter handles. My BC Bulletin one at Bulletin BC and at Locked On BC, the the Twitter handle for this. And I got so many responses, and I kind of want to jump in and talk about what you all had to say about what traditions you wanted to see at Boston College. Now, the funniest one, I knew it was going to come when I brought it up, was I must have had six people say, what's the best tradition you want to see Boston College have? And it, and I just left it vague, right? They said win. Winning football. Win football games. I must have gotten like six of those. And I kind of asked for it. So I thought that was a great answer. And um, I totally agree with it, right? You want to see that as something that happens. BC football fans said, fireworks, church bells, 15 minutes before game to warn people to get into the stands. Can't think of something more BC than that. They did fireworks before the Clemson game last time they visited. Was one of the coolest things I've ever seen at alumni. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of the, you know, the pyro. And I don't think you would do it during a day game. But I remember going to USC and the Clemson game in Florida State where they had night games and they do a lot of fireworks. But the bell, I, I think it's a really cool idea. Maybe get ba- gassing going, um, right? Instead of ha- instead of having the state police going through the the barracks, I mean, going through the the mods and going through the tailgates, you know, screaming, yelling at you. Wouldn't it be nicer just to have gassing going crazy to get people going? Um, so BC football fans, I thought that was a great idea. T- 
DW fan 19 says, free shots for all 21 plus fans every time BC gets a touchdown. Gosh, with the offense that Boston College is going to have this year, you're going to have a lot of drunk Boston College fans if you did that. Uh, also, we had George Chunia say, non-ticketed tailgates that we aren't forcibly removed from 15 minutes before uh, kickoff. Uh, that kind of goes against, I guess he's saying that, you know, he's not going into the game, which I guess, like, I don't know why you would go to a tailgate. I, I mean, have a tailgate there, given the price that you're paying if you're not going to go to the game, but that's that's what it is. But, yeah. Um, and then one that I saw that I loved, that I saw a bunch of different people say, was people actually being in the stadium for kickoff. So it's kind of, again, the difference, you know, there's winning, there's someone saying that, you know, you got to get the tailgates closed, <laughs> Mike Flanagan says people getting in before uh, for kickoff. That has been a, a problem with Boston College as long as I've you know when I was a student there, it was when Shea State uh, you know Shea Field was still open and it was before they had the rule that you had to cut out your tailgate uh, before games and that was when like tailgates could just go on in, you know infinitely during the games. So people would just go to ta- you know Shea drink and eat with their friends and then you look at your clock or, or look at or hear about the game and it's like halftime already and you know people will just kind of stagger in go to the game and then leave after the third quarter depending on what the game is going on that's happened for years and now you know they've changed it right they got rid of the you can tailgate all the time you have to they cut it out and have you know the police screaming and yelling at you to get into the game and that's what they do now, but still people are staggering late. Um, I don't know how you change that. You know, maybe it's something um, someone had said to me yesterday. I was on the Talk All ACC podcast and they brought up, you know, one thing that would be fun is like something early in the game where you have like a BC legend at every game leading a certain cheer. And it could be, you know, the We Are BC or something like that that gets people going. And it could be someone different. So you could have like Mark Herzlig one game and BJ Raji and Matt Ryan, Luke Keekley. You could get a million and you'll get get the women's sports too, like Charlotte North. You could get um, you know, some of the women hockey players. Get all them in and to kind of do something fun like that. If it's a night game, you know, fireworks, a big entrance, something something fun and different that you could do at the games. And Nick Keppel, one of our super fans of the show, said super fan shirts. And as I mentioned yesterday, the super fan shirts had gone away, um, you know, because of issues. And I know that um, Jarman was in the process of getting a new uh, logo. I, I haven't heard what it's going to be yet, but yeah, you know, getting super fan shirts back on, into the stadium, that's a good idea of something they could do. So that, those were some of the ideas that you came up with. And we had a lot of conversations on the Locked on BC Twitter handle today. So make sure if you don't check out Locked on BC on Twitter, you follow it. The other question that came up, I want to give a quick little story and then we'll, we'll, we'll head out, was when I was recording yesterday and I, I said the thing about Sweet Caroline, my wife, who is a, a former band member, was like, oh, some people are going to get upset about that. You know, there's a lot of people out there that really like Sweet Caroline. And I thought, you know, she's probably right. You know, there's some people out there, uh, but I was like, you know, when I'm looking at what the uh, the big songs are that people get into at BC, is it still Sweet Caroline or is it? Um, and I said the wrong name. It's Mr. Brightside. I said somebody told you, and that's the other killer song. It's Mr. Brightside. What's the bigger one in fans? Um, you know, their preference and what ones do they get into? So I posted that up on Twitter. Got a lot of res- response from that. 
And overwhelmingly, Mr. Brightside was like 80% to 20%. And a lot of people still have what I thought, which is a negative reaction to Sweet Caroline. And I think that's because of its overexposure, right? It's at every Boston sporting event now. You see it at Red Sox games. You see it at Patriots games, Celtics games. It doesn't matter what it is. It seems to be at every Boston sporting event. It's not special. Now, I I've, I got some response to it. I'm not sure because I haven't heard it. But I've heard it's all, uh, Mr. Brightside is also popular at other campuses as well. So other football stadiums have that. Um, but it kind of shows that, you know, sometimes, you know, tastes change. Now, the one big difference, and someone brought this up, was that Mr. Brightside is played by the DJ or, you know, the, the house announcer. And Sweet Caroline is played by the band. So I think that's an important difference to say right the band obviously you want to get them involved and that's a fun piece of it too because you like to get the band going and that kind of leads into one of the other pieces i forgot about traditions boston college has that uh, someone brought up is that the band goes around the stadium playing for boston and different sections and some people had mentioned that as well this is locked on boston college aj black if you don't already, make sure you follow our podcast, like and subscribe. And if you have friends and family that are into Boston College, it's a perfect time to get them into Locked On Boston College. Just send that to them. You can share it, send it on social media. It's the best way to help our podcast grow. So thank you all for all your responses today. On tomorrow's show, we're going to have Mitch Wolf on. We're going to talk about the 2022 NFL draft, play a little game with him, kind of getting into where different players could fall in the draft. If I'm right, if I'm wrong, we'll see where that goes. Thank you all, and I'll see you all again tomorrow. Take care.